0: You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message, recorded live from our Brighton campus. Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Um, And it's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Sometimes we don't say that enough, but it's true. Um, This... Over the course of this month, we've been looking at our heart attributes as a church. And you should have seen one of these. Maybe by now, maybe you've got one on your tables. Um, it's got a few things on it. It says overflow, our vision. And then it says a bunch of words. Then on the back, it says our church vision is built on our five heart attributes. Um, so just to reiterate that or explain it a little bit because it might be a bit confusing. Hopefully it's not too confusing. Um, we we call our vision our overflow um, and the reason that we call that is because, as Jesus says, out of the overflow of our, our hearts or out of the overflow of your heart the mouth speaks. Um, in other words, um, the things inside our hearts are the things that should be flowing out from us. The things that's inside are the things that come out um i've heard it talked about like when it's if you squeeze something whatever's inside comes out it's definitely true of like an orange you squeeze an orange orange juice comes out does not it don't get pear juice from an orange get orange juice i've always wondered if bananas have juice i don't know probably be quite nice um so Our heart attributes are things that are inside our heart that should be flowing out of us as individuals and as a church. So, our vision as a church is to, is to be a church that's enlarging, enabling, empowering, encountering, and engaging. Those are the five things that are, that make up our vision as a church. And we've, we've looked at the first three of our heart attributes already, haven't we? We've looked at, um, that we want to be an enlarging church. We want to be a church that grows. We want to be an enabling church, a church that enables each other in our discipleship journey. We want to be an empowering church, like a church that encourages uh, one another to play our own part in God's plan um, in building his kingdom and fulfilling our potential. And today we'll be looking at what it means to be an encountering church, a church where the presence of the Holy Spirit is a Is a daily reality for each one of us. So that's what we're looking at today. But when I was thinking about this, um, this vision and the order that it's in, and all that sort of stuff, um, I was thinking there's a really there's like a real flow from one to the next. If you think about these heart attributes, because first of all, we want to we want to grow as a church community. Um, we want to grow in number, we want to grow the kingdom of God, we want to grow an, our impact for God, but we don't want to simply see increase for the sake of more numbers. Uh, we want to be a church that enables each and every one who becomes a part of it to grow in our own discipleship journey, to grow in our relationship with God, to become more like Jesus every day. You know, we've been looking at that in life group, if you've come along to that and been a part of that. Um, part of the journey that we're on is is to be empowered to serve God in whatever way he's calling you. You know, he might be calling you to serve him inside or outside of the church. God's placed a unique call on, on each one of our lives. And it's a call to take part in his plan for the transformation of the world in the way that you can. You know, we've all got areas of influence over, our, over different groups of people that we can only impact in a certain way. As we look around the room, you see lots of diversity and lots of different people who can reach certain people that are in their own sphere of influence in certain ways. And we recognize that we can't do it alone. Next week, we'll be talking about engaging. We'll be talking about growing community. Um, But we can't do this all simply with community of other people as well. We need the presence of the Holy Spirit. We need the Spirit of God with us every step of the way. And the Spirit is what equips us to do what we're called to do. And that's what I want to talk about today is is encountering. Um, We... I'll read through the little blurb. I'm trying to think of a better way of saying that. But it's like a description or a blurb or, or whatever. But um, it says that encountering is about actively seeking and moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We encourage you to encounter the Holy Spirit in our meetings together and in your daily lives. And hopefully I'm going to un- unpack a little bit of that for us this morning because there's there's a lot in there. But I want to say right off the bat that... Encountering the Holy Spirit is not about having the right kind of music or the right situation or or going to the big revival meeting or going to a big conference or being in the place where you can come and, and experience the presence of God. The presence of God is is here with us right now. The presence of God is with us every day. And we can and should encounter the Holy Spirit every day. We are a Pentecostal church. I'll say that in a nice way. Pentecostal church rather than a northern way. Um, And that means that we believe that we can't do this journey of faith on our own without the power of the Holy Spirit. Without this experience of his unique gifts and without his leading in our lives. So I wonder if you could turn in your Bibles um, to Acts chapter two verses seventeen to twenty-one. Um, if you've not got it, it's not going to be up on the screen, so uh <laughs> so I don't really know how we're gonna how we're gonna go about that, but we shall see. So What I should have done while I was saying that is actually turn to it myself because it would have made this a lot quicker. Um, Acts 2, verses 17 to 21, did I say? 21, okay. It says this. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. You know, this passage says two things that I want to focus on this morning. It firstly says, it talks about the last days. And secondly, it talks about all people. And So those two things I want to focus on a little bit, have a look at. You know, it talks about the last days and it's it's actually um, this passage, a quotation from Joel chapter 2. I don't know if you've got um, a little footnote. You might have a little footnote on in your Bibles that says that. Um, some of them do, the better ones do, we'll go with that. Um, It's actually, it's a quotation from Joel chapter 2, verses 28 to 32. And that's found in the Old Testament. And you see, God had already said that in the last days, he would pour out his spirit. That was nothing new. This was Peter reiterating it. This was the fulfilment of that happening. See, this was the moment on the day of Pentecost, or just after that, after Jesus had ascended to heaven, that the promised Holy Spirit descended and came upon the disciples. See, the reason that Peter quoted these verses is because they'd come to fruition. They'd come true. They'd happened. Not because he was hoping for the last days to come, or that he was prophesying it for the future, that at some point in the future, the last days are going to happen and this is what's going to happen. He was saying, no, this is the fulfillment. This is what we've seen happen. See, what was been, what had been prophesied in the Old Testament was happening in the New Testament. And you know, we live in the last days. We live between the times. I like to think of it like that. It's not, um, it's not in a sense that, um, there's, go- oh, the, the fan just stopped. That's, there we go, silence in the room. Um, it's not in the sense that at a certain point in history that we're looking to, the last days or the end times or something like that are gonna start happening. And we're gonna see all this stuff happening. There's, there's a moment in time that the last days started. And that's the death and resurrection of Jesus. And that's what, the, that's what Peter's saying in, in Acts. He's saying, you saw it prophesied in the Old Testament. Let me tell you, it's now happening. The reality is, it's been going on for 2,000 years. We're in that period now. We live between the times. The kingdom of God was inaugurated in Jesus, or started in Jesus Christ. His death and resurrection brought this cosmic shift the shift in the reality that we live in the tension that the kingdom of God is here now, but it's not yet fully revealed. Um, Sometimes you hear it said that it's like the now and not yet. You know, we don't live in the perfection of the fully realized kingdom of God. Does anyone recognize that? You know, we don't live in the reality of, of of everything that is going to be in the end you know the presence of God is with us in a sense but also there's also death and suffering and, and all sorts of stuff wrong with the world as well we live between the times but we do live as witnesses to those around us that God has changed the world that God has won the victory over sin and death we sung before didn't we all authority every victory is yours you know, we live as witnesses to that truth. And and ultimately, we we carry the proof of that. Because what Peter's saying is, is not only that, that we're the proof, but we, we know that we're the proof because the Spirit of God lives inside of us. It's the Spirit of God that proves all of this stuff to be true. And so the last days began, and the last days continue. And the one other thing I want to say as we look at encountering the Holy Spirit is that this is for everyone. The prophecy in Joel said, in the last days I will pour out my Spirit on all people. It's not like in the days of the Old Testament when the the Spirit of God came upon certain people at certain times or the Spirit was contained in in the Holy of Holies. Um, that's where the presence of God was or the presence of God was in the cloud or in the burning bush or in the fire by night or, you know, all these different things. We see the presence of God in different places or, or on the kings of Israel. I think we see it in um, we see it on Saul and then we see that the spirit left him. I think that's Saul. Um, the spirit left him at a certain point. We don't see it like that because that's, that's the way it, it kind of was in the Old Testament. But God says in the last days, I'll pull my spirit out on all people, on everyone. See, the spirit is for everyone all of the time. This passage doesn't say, um, I'll pour out my spirit on some people, um, or I'll pour out my spirit on those who are good enough, or those who've achieved a certain level of spiritual growth, or a certain level of um, morality in their own lives. You know, I think sometimes we find it difficult when someone seems to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit, yet their life doesn't always seem quite as moral as it should be. You know, how does, how does that happen? God says, I'll pour out my Spirit on, on all people. He says, sons, daughters, young, old, servants. In other words, what that, that's trying to do is say, the whole spectrum of society... People who you would want it to be poured out on, and people who you wouldn't. God's pouring out His Spirit. And yet oftentimes, we don't want to encounter it. We don't want to be a part of it. Oftentimes, we'd rather go it alone than reach out and tap into the Spirit of God. See, God gives us a Spirit that enables and empowers us to do what He's called us to do. Yet we try and do it on our own. The explanation of encountering that I read out earlier, it said that we're called to actively seek and move in the gifts of the Spirit. That word, actively, it's a doing word. Called to do something. And you know, this is not something that will happen. um, It won't happen to you against your will or without you doing anything. You won't be sort of overtaken by the Spirit of God and just accidentally blurt out like a message in tongues or a prophecy without you even realizing that you're doing it. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 32 says that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. It's, in, it's subject to you. In other words, if you don't want to prophesy, then you won't. Because you can just not say anything. And then you've not prophesied. Does that make sense? It's not going to come out of your mouth without you opening your mouth. God's not going to use force and make you say it. He might give it to someone else to say. If it's something that he wants to say, he might say it through someone else if you're not going to do. But he doesn't make you do what you don't want to do so we're, acti- we're called to actively seek and move in the gifts of the Spirit. And I'm hoping that I can clear a couple of things up for us this morning about, um, about the difference between gifts and fruit um, of the Spirit, not like a gift of a fruit basket or something. Um, gifts and fruits of the Spirit and the difference and the requirements from us in each of those things see I think for years what we've done is is kind of got them mixed up a little bit or maybe not quite so much mixed up but maybe a little bit um put emphasis on one part or the other where we need to have a more holistic view and and I've heard people talk about gifts of the spirit as though it's as though it's a passive thing you know however God chooses to to gift me in in that area that's what i'll I'll move in or um, oh, God's not given me that gift, so I, you know, I can't do that, or I can't be involved in that, you know. Um, maybe there's someone who needs prayer for healing or something, but God's not gifted me that with that, so I'm not going to be involved. Thank you very much. And I've heard people talk about the fruits of the Spirit as though it's an active thing. As like, um, you know, patience is a choice that you make. You know, you've got to, you've got to choose to be gentle or kind, or something like that. And in a sense, you do. There's an element of truth in both of those things, in both of those descriptions, but I don't think they're looking at the whole picture. Because, Let let me say it like this to hopefully explain. A tree will bear fruit when it's planted in the right place. And a gift is only useful once it's received makes sense. I'll say it again. A tree will bear fruit when it's planted in the right place, and a gift is only useful once it's received. See, the truth is there are fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. I've written them down because I thought I might forget them. Um, They are the fruits that we bear. We don't strive to achieve them, we bear them naturally as a result of being planted in God, because that's kind of how fruits work, right? You plant a tree and you give it, you water it, you put it in the right place, you put it in good soil, it's in the right conditions with the air and stuff, it grows and it produces fruit, because because that's what trees do. You see, bearing fruit is a totally passive thing for the tree. It'll happen naturally if we're living by the Spirit. The fruits of the Spirit are natural results of being planted in the right place. You know, they might require us to spend more time with God. They might require us to to focus and do the right thing and, you know, spend time in our prayer lives or, you know, read his word or, you know, stuff like that. Come to church, fellowship with each other. They do require that of us because otherwise we're not planted in the right place. But they're natural kind of side effects. But the gifts of the Spirit are different. See, the gifts of the Spirit are not the fruits that we bear. They are the gifts that we receive. And how many of you have ever been given something? for your birthday, or Christmas, or another time? Anyone? No? Greg. Just Greg and Jamie. No one else? Okay, there we go. A few more. Good, because I was hoping that wouldn't fail. Um, I remember going through a period growing up that for every birthday or Christmas present, I'd wanted something that was related um, to my drums. So either a new cymbal, um, if my parents were feeling particularly generous, um, or maybe a new drum or drum heads or sticks or a piece of hardware that I really wanted. It was very easy for my parents to pick something for me for for Christmas and birthdays, because I wanted something to do with my drums. And there was always plenty to buy. Um, But it was something that I'd been given as a gift. And once I'd received it, I could use it. But how many of you have ever had one of those little red slips from the postman? You ever had one of those? Yeah, exactly. You weren't in on this occasion. I know I was in. Just It didn't even ring the bell. He just shoved it straight through. No, I've had that happen to me before. Um, you weren't in on this occasion. And so we're holding your gift for you until you come to collect it. See, the thing with those slips, especially around the time of your birthday or Christmas, is that someone's given you a gift. You might have bought yourself a gift. Sometimes that happens to us when we're adults, doesn't it? You're the one who buys yourself gifts more than other people buy you gifts. I'm learning that in my life. Um, but someone's given you a gift, but you need to go to receive it. You need to go somewhere to collect it. When you wake up on, Christ- on Christmas morning and there's a present wrapped for you, you don't leave the wrapping paper on and show it around to all your friends and family and say... Look at this fantastic box Isaac got me got me a wrapped box for Christmas and I'm so thankful you know the paper's fantastic and I'm going to treasure it and I don't want to get any I don't want to rip it I've got to be really careful and treat this box this wrapped box as best as I possibly can because that would be mental um and we don't do that <laughs> No we we actually put in the effort to unwrap the gift don't we? We get the gift and we go, that's really nice paper. Or we just ignore the paper altogether, just unwrap it, tear it off. Or we go to the post office and we pick up the, the parcel, and we take it out of the box and we put it into use. There's an activity that's involved with gifts. There's an activity that's involved with the gifts of the Spirit. We're called to actively seek and actively move in them. 1 uh, Corinthians 14 verse one, verses 1 to 5 tells us to actively seek the greater gifts. You can have a look at that if you want to. It tells us actively seek the greater gifts, to seek God for the gifts of the Spirit. But don't stop there to receive them, to unwrap them, to use them, to put them into practice. See, if God's given you the gift of prophecy then use it. Don't just sit on your hands, metaphorically speaking. Put it into practice. If God's prompting you to speak to someone, if you're wandering down the street and God's saying, I've got a word for that person, go and speak to them. Go and do it. Go and talk to them. He'll give you the words. If he's leading you to speak out a word of knowledge or to speak out in tongues, or to interpret a a tongue that's been given, then put into the practice the gifts that he's given to you. And if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, come and be prayed with. If this is something that seems new to you, or you don't really know kind of about it, come and be prayed with. God's handing out gifts. He said he'll pour out his Spirit on all people. But we're called to actively seek them. We're called to actively put them into practice to do something about it. You know, you'll never wear out the gifts of the Spirit by using them too much. You know that. You don't have to like say, right, I've I've done three prophecies this month. I've got like a quarter of four for the whole month. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to wait until like the last day of the month so I don't say too many because I don't want to Overwork God, because he's quite busy at this time of year. Um, maybe in December he's busier, I don't know. Um, you can't use them out by using them too much. But you can use yourself up by relying on your own strength. You can burn out yourself. You can't burn out the Holy Spirit. I mean, give it a go. See, see how far you can push it. You know, how far can you push the gifts of the Spirit? Without them burning out, because I can guarantee that you you won't be able to to burn them out. You won't be able to, they won't run out. Yet we still rely on our own strength. Why do we do that? I'm carrying around the box that's wrapped and showing it to people. You know this is the gift that God's given me. Carrying it around and and it's still wrapped up and we're not unwrapping it. And we're not using it. God's like, why are you carrying around that box? Open it up. There's something amazing in there. I want you to use it. I want you to put it into practice. And then the last section of that explanation was that we as a church encourage everyone to encounter the Holy Spirit in our meetings together and in our daily lives. Sometimes it can be easier in meetings, can't it, than in our daily lives. Sometimes it can be more difficult to put it into practice in your daily lives. But ultimately, that's what we want to see. and That's what we want to put into practice. And this is as much for for me as for everyone else. It's a challenge. You know, when was was the last time you encountered God in your devotional time or in your, your quiet time or in your prayer life at home or walking down the street? You know it's a challenge, isn't it? And at the end of this of this service, I'm going to give some space, um, and we're going to spend some time in the presence of God, actively seeking and moving in the gifts of the Spirit. And that's scary, because it's it's like you're going, okay, I'm not I I'm not going to do anything now. God, it's your turn to move. And we're going to encounter your Spirit, and. You know, for me, that's not an easy thing to do because it means handing over control. Because whilst, whilst I've got the microphone and I'm speaking, I know where I'm going. I know the direction that I'm taking things. As soon as I put the microphone down and say, God, we're waiting on you. We want you to move in this place. Then ultimately, I could go anywhere. And hopefully it will. We'll see what God wants to do. See, perhaps seeking for the first time and perhaps moving for the first time, perhaps for the first time in a long time, we'll be seeking God, we'll be seeking His Spirit. Perhaps you've never done it before. But it's time we got serious about this. Because as we talk about us being a Pentecostal church as we talk about a church that's empowered by the Holy Spirit that's, that's encountering the Holy Spirit we talk about that as one of the five key things that our church is about we need to do it we need to put it into practice it's time we actively played our part it's time we didn't leave it to someone else and don't think um, that it's all about me or Julian, who've been especially gifted in this area or anything like that, you know I'm just as much flying blind as anyone else, really God's speaking to you and prompting you, so we've spent some time in a moment doing that. I remember I might have told this story before I'm not sure, um but I'll tell it again anyway because I've only got one um no i was I was with a guy. Um, who I'd not met before, and we were going to be... He was the guitarist, I was the drummer, and we were going to be doing a, um, a worship session the next day. And so we travelled to this place to, um, to stay overnight, because we had to be there in the morning. And I'd never met this guy before, and we were staying in the same house for that evening. So we'd gone out um, to the local pub for some food, and we were chatting about things, and he's he'd grown up in a um in a different church tradition. I forget exactly what, but he was asking me about um the Holy Spirit and being baptized in the holy spirit and and all that kind of stuff, and so I was telling him about like my experiences and and how you know at first I wasn't really sure um is this something that I need to do is it not something I need to do? I was looking into all the theology of it and all confused and everything, and and in the end, I just got to a point that I thought, well, I'm just going to pray. The next time I have the opportunity, I'm just going to pray, and the worst that can happen is that nothing happens and I've prayed, which I thought was not, I'm not going to lose much at that point. You know, I've, I've said a prayer and nothing's happened. Ultimately, that's fine. So the next time I had the opportunity, the next time someone called um, people to to be prayed for, to be filled with the Spirit. I went forward, and and actually at that moment I was filled with the Spirit, and I did um, have a like a quite a vivid vision, and I spoke in tongues, and you know I've I've encountered times when I've um, prophesied and um, given a word in tongues that's been interpreted, and all this sort of stuff. So anyway, I was telling this guy all this. All this story, and, and he said the dreaded words during this meal. He said, well, "Would you pray for me to be filled with the Spirit?" And I went, "No, no. I, I really, everything inside me wanted to go. Not a chance. You know, who am I to be praying for you to be filled with the Spirit? You need like, you know, the man of God to do that. Like, I'm just me. So, anyway, he, he, he said." would you do it? And I stupidly went, yeah, all right. Thinking, what on earth am I letting myself in for? And I really hoped that he wasn't saying, right here and right now in the middle of this pub. Because that would have been hard work for me to do. Anyway, we waited till we got home. um, And the house we were staying in, the people who lived there um, were out. So we went into the lounge and, and I prayed for him. We probably prayed for about 20 minutes, half an hour, I don't know. And ultimately, he was he was baptized in the Spirit on that occasion, and he started singing in tongues. He started speaking out in tongues. Uh, had a word of, of prophecy for him, and and all sorts of stuff. And it was a fantastic evening, and it, it just sort of it reiterated that thing inside me that you know God can use whoever He wants. His Spirit is not. Um, like defined by the person that's that's whole containing it. God's Spirit can come out. God's Spirit can can move in someone else's life through you, through me, even. And so that was that was just like a, a mad time that I was like did not expect it. Didn't, I didn't go into that evening thinking right. I'm going to be praying for someone to be filled with the Spirit. I'm in a meeting that was—it's all planned. You know, the musicians are going to be playing, everything's going to be set up in the right way for it to work. Um, no, we were in—we were in someone's lounge, just, just praying, just going for it, and it was a fantastic time. But I want to say we're, we're encountering the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Romans 8, 9 to 17 is a fantastic passage that explains all of this. If you want to have a look at that, you know, jot it down. That same power that raised Christ is the power that lives inside each one of us. It's not the power of Chris's spirit or Isaac's spirit or Kyle's spirit or anyone else. It's the power of Christ. It's the spirit of God that lives inside of each one of us. The spirit of God that testifies with our spirit that we're children of God we've been adopted into his family and that we, we have all the legal rights and authority through the Spirit of God to be called his children. And you know, it was that through that same Spirit of God that Jesus performed miracles and signs and wonders. It was through that same Spirit of God that we see the disciples in the, in the New Testament in Acts performing miracles, signs and wonders and it's through that same Spirit of God that miracles and signs and wonders can be performed today and are being performed today by people through the Spirit of God and can be performed right in our midst. And every day we carry that Spirit with us, yet we go it along, stand on our own two feet and do it ourselves. We've got the power of Christ with us We have the authority of heaven commissioning us to go and do. We carry the Spirit of God with us. We don't have to have anything special to usher in his presence. He's here with us right now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.